0: Now, many times during our stay in China, we felt pretty limited. Can you imagine? Limitations from the Chinese government. We felt very limited in our ability to influence others. Christ. You know, we had to be pretty conservative in our efforts to share our faith. And the reason why is it was a little bit difficult to fly under the radar. In fact, I had a neighbor in one of the cities we lived in. He was a police chief. And he would just drop by my house sometimes just to check on. And he'd come in and sit down, and he just real gently asked questions. How's it going? Where are you from? Where does your money come from? You know, do your parents know that you're here? Who sent you? Huh? You know, he would just kind of slip them in there, and I felt like I was always having to navigate a difficult conversation. Um, so it was tough for us to fly under the radar. In fact, I remember being in a village one time, and our kids stood out so much. Emily had really light blonde hair then, and this elderly woman came up, and she was so excited to meet Emily. And she, she, she made this statement that left us rolling. She said, it took me, you know, 80 years to get white hair. And you've got to are your child. Because all of them have black hair. So that was pretty funny. So we did not fly under the radar easily. But one shining exception was when our friend, Brother Jude, I've mentioned it before, he decided that he was going to have an outreach event at a swimming pool there. And a very nice um, apartment complex. And so he decided he was going to do that. We had a lot of snacks, food. In fact, us foreigners out there, we call ourselves that over there, we were out there grilling meat on the street for anybody who wanted to try it, and um, everybody was enjoying it. There was food, there was teaching, there was singing, uh, which was odd, you know, they're in a very nice, this was like upscale apartment complex, probably the most expensive one in town. We're by the swimming pool, singing songs, dancing. Um, There were a couple of baptisms, and it was just an incredible experience. And you know, during our time abroad, you know, the many years we spent abroad, um, we spent countless hours in the shadows. Had to be real quiet, had to be real careful, had to be real patient. But there were a few shining examples where we were able to be open. And the times that we were able to be open always included local Christians who were willing to put themselves on the line to sponsor us. I mean, it, it, it came at great personal risk to them to sponsor us that we could be openly (coughs) Christian. And and they would open doors that we could not open for ourselves. And in those moments, each of the participants, you know, both sides were keenly aware of this truth, that that there is no way. I mean, they would say and we would say, there's no way I could have pulled this off on my own. Because for them, there's no way they could draw a crowd like we could help them draw a crowd. And for us, there's no way that we could draw a crowd. Without getting in trouble. I mean, we were explicitly forbidden. We would have never been given permission to draw a crowd like that. But together, God was able to create an unforgettable experience for dozens of college students that they would never forget. I mean, one of the students was moved to tears by this zany band of Christians that were singing and dancing. They had never seen anything like it. And in fact, this morning, I'm going to either bless you or curse you, depending on your perspective, by singing you a song that actually, Brother Ju and I sang together in front of a supermarket. I mean, he was just pretty bold and unafraid. And it's called Chu Ni Iwai, which means other than you, God. And I'm, I might attempt a translation at some point. But I'm going to sing it for you once through. Chu Ni Iwai, Zai Tian Shang Wo Hai Nam Yoshei. Shaw <laughs> <Alleluia. That's it. laughs> so basically the message of the song was other than you, God. I mean the, only you can open doors, only you can wipe tears, only you, God, can save us. And what I remember about that was Jew and I both with microphones standing in front of a crowd of Chinese people openly declaring our love for Jesus. And the only way that that was possible was together. only way that was possible. Because truly, what Scripture teaches us is that we are better together. And we is always greater than me. Back within a couple of months, one of my coworkers, Joanna, she had a cute little guy, little baby boy, She'd also put her trust in Jesus. She was baptized in that same pool because we are truly better together. There's never been a time in our day when it is easier for people to live in almost total isolation. Right? Would you agree with that? There's never been a time where it's easier to live alone and live isolated from everybody else. So many of us go home at the end of the day, put the car in the garage or the carport, shut it down, go inside and flip on the television. Right? We live isolated, and alone. Everything from technology, work, and culture is pushing more and more of us to live alone. But there is a longing in each of us for relationships, to know people, to be known by people. This is from God. And in spite of our culture's message to make our own way, right to build your own resume, even if it's at somebody else's expense, we know that we can accomplish more together know that we're better together. With this in mind for the next four weeks we're going to be walking through the book of Philippians and the message will be this that we is greater than me. Now we're going to begin in Philippians 1 where we learn that partnership is God's plan. Partnership is God's plan until Christ returns. Chapter 1 beginning in verse 3 of Philippians. Chapter 1 beginning in verse 3. Paul says every time I think of you I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. And who's he talking to? Find out. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. So Paul is thankful for his partners. He's praying for his partners in spreading the good news about Christ. And I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So firstly, we see clearly that Paul says, I am thankful for those who part with me. Now, everywhere that the Apostle Paul went, he went a lot of places, right? Three missionary journeys. Went all over the world at that time. Around the Mediterranean. Everywhere he went, he did two things through one day. Two things through one minute. By faithfully sharing the message about Jesus, he got a fire in his belly to talk about Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, that your sins can be forgiven. He did two things. Firstly, he gave people the opportunity to become a follower of Jesus, right? People who were maybe Jewish or not Jewish, and they didn't know what Jesus had done for them, he gave them an opportunity to respond and to become a follower of Jesus. But he also gave a second opportunity. He gave followers... The opportunity to become a partner in the Jesus movement. Now, there were many people that responded to the message. In in, in one point, 3,000 people responded in one day. But not everybody was going to move beyond follower to partner. And you know, we should be doing the same thing. We faithfully share the message about Jesus Christ. We need to go beyond sharing the good news of salvation. When somebody accepts Christ, that's a wonderful thing. We saw the miracle of new birth last week in the life of Emily Brown. But we need to go beyond that. We need to call people to discipleship. This is because God still calls leaders who are looking for partners. God calls leaders, like Paul, who are looking for partners. I mean, the Apostle Paul could never have fulfilled his calling without partnership. Imagine this. Paul goes all over the Mediterranean world sharing the gospel. People respond and then he leaves. But what happened? You ever seen this? You ever seen an evangelist rally where people respond? And then the evangelist leaves, and what happens? Peter's out, right? Kind of things go back to normal business as usual. And that would have been the case for the Apostle Paul, except that he had partners. You know, Paul's partners needed. His leadership, but Paul needed their partnership. So we see an interesting dynamic here. God leads a leader who then recruits others to participate. And not participate as a soldier who follows orders. Not participate as an employee who executes predetermined tasks. But someone who actually owns the outcome. And what God did incredibly was he raised up people like Timothy, like Priscilla and Aquila. People all over where Paul went who were willing to take ownership of the outcome. And they took ownership of the outcome of seeing the kingdom of God expand, of seeing the gospel spread to the extent that they almost functioned without direction. I mean, Paul wrote letters. Couldn't do text messages, couldn't do phone calls. He wrote letters that took a while to get there, but in his absence, the work continued because he had partners. Now, we, we do this naturally in our daily lives and we have a stake in what happens, don't Take initiative, we take responsibility. Does anybody have to tell you to pay your bills? I mean, maybe you get a notification. But are you motivated to pay your bills? Why are you motivated to pay your bills? There might, there might be a repo if you don't pay your bills. The lights will be cut off if you don't pay your bills? Huh? It might ruin your credit score if you don't pay your bills. No water? which Was that a D? We did pay them. But there's, it, it's easy to get motivated to pay your bills, right? I mean, you don't have to have somebody overseeing you encouraging you to do that. What about feeding yourself? Anybody have any trouble doing that? Get motivated to feed yourself? I mean, we get so motivated to feed ourselves we can even plan ahead, can't we? I, I can be planning that I'm going to go eat at a certain restaurant a week or a month from now. So we don't need help in motivating ourselves to feed ourselves. What about making sure your kids get an education. You need somebody to tell you to do that? Or does that kind of come natural? It comes natural, right? You, you care. You, you are invested in your children's education. And you know it's your responsibility. We're not saving for retirement. You need somebody to tell you to do that? Some of us do. But how about this one? This, this is a clincher. This shows that when it comes to certain things, we're very motivated. Anybody have to encourage you to plan for vacation? No. No, right? You, you put in a year in advance if you're at, at work, right, for vacation. Nobody has to encourage you to plan for vacation. But sometimes when it comes to the work of God, and I'm as guilty as anybody else, when it comes to the work of God, we wait for guidance before taking action. And that's not who Paul's taught. That's not who Paul's thankful for. We wait for guidance before taking action. And I, I get this. If you can remember your first job? I worked at a snow cone shack. I told you this before, I worked at a snow cone shack made. And they actually had this block of ice that when you would shave it, it really was like snow. Not like the shaved ice. This was like snow it was so good. But remember your first job, what was your posture generally? Did you take a lot of initiative? In your first job? Maybe some of you did your shining stars, but for the rest of us, when did we do something? We were told, right? And if we weren't told to do something, what did we do? Nothing, right? We just waited. We waited for the boss to tell us what to do, okay? But, you know, eventually you and I realized something. If I just keep acting like a grocery store backer, which I've been, if I keep acting like just an employee, how far am I going to rise in the company? i are going to stay in one place, aren't you? You've got to show some initiative. And we fixed it, didn't we? Many of you have had successful careers. You didn't stay where you started. But you took initiative. But what if you and I realized that our passive posture was impeding God's work? Would, would we be quite as concerned? And in times like these, I'm often guilty of this. I feel like my good intentions are good enough. Right? My heart's in the right place. I really do want to help. I really do want to see the kingdom of God expand. But you want me to do what? That's not convenient. That's not convenient. So Paul is thankful for partners, but the question for you and I today is, am I a partner? Am I a partner? I've been in board meetings where we're all volunteers. You ever been in a board meeting like that? You're, everybody's a volunteer. We're sitting around the table, and we are all all in, man. We are all about this thing. We're going to get it done. We're going to do it, but then somebody wants to delegate a task. we're all in until it requires something more than just showing up and performing a simple function. Now you and I I mean you you may not be called to be a pastor, in fact most of you probably aren't, right? Are you, are you thankful? Anybody want to stand up here and do this? Not everybody's called to be a pastor, not everybody's called to be an elder, and, and if you read the job description that Lee Hall and Bruce could give you, you, would you sign up? Probably not. It's a long list of Tasks and responsibilities. But we are each called to be a partner. We are called to take initiative for the sake of the gospel. And God raised up incredible people who said, Paul, we care so much about the mission that you don't even have to oversee us. Give us general guidance and then we'll run with it. And I'm encouraged with the initiative I'm seeing around here. I mean, if you look at our announcements today, we're moving forward to work with fish. We're going to work on having a food pantry. I mean, not just a food pantry, but a, a soup kitchen. We're going to work together on hosting needy families through transitional housing. I mean, there, there is a, an outreach program or a meeting scheduled this month. There is a workday scheduled. So I'm encouraged with the initiative I see around here. Let's partner together in the work of expanding the kingdom of God, because those are the kind of folks... Paul was thankful for it. God is looking for partners. Secondly, Paul says this. He says, I can pray with joy for their needs. Because what I'm doing today is I'm kind of building a case. And I know that the core of this church would be glad to hear the encouragement. Let's get on board together as we enter into the season of transition. Number one, because God needs partners. And because Paul was thankful for full partners in the gospel. Secondly, I can pray with joy for their needs. Whenever I pray, verse 4. I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the first you heard it until now. Now, Paul has developed a deep affection for his partners. I mean, the saying goes that friendships are forged, what? In the fires of adversity. Friendships are forged in the fires of adversity. And the same is true for partnerships, where people are working together for a common goal. who volunteers to Fish? has ever volunteered? here. Raise your hand. I know who you are. You know who you are. Now, when you walk in the doors, is there a sense of camaraderie there? Strong, isn't it? Now, my brother works for Samaritan's Purse when he walks in the door at work. He's got Operation Christmas Child. They're doing relief work all over the world. There's a strong sense of purpose, of partnership. And we always felt a strong sense of kinship on the mission field. We would spend time with other families who were, who were sacrificing Their kids were living overseas. They were experiencing culture shock and hard things, and we felt a strong (coughs) kinship with them. And I know that the core of this church feels the same affection towards their co-laborers here. When When you worship together, when we worship together like we've done, our hearts are affected, right? I'm moved. I'm excited. I'm inspired. I praise God. And it's a wonderful thing. But when you earn calluses together, hearts are joined. Big difference in them. When we worship together, our hearts are moved, we're encouraged, we're inspired, but when you are in calluses together as the body of Christ, your hearts are joined. Knit together in a unique way. And when one of your comrades is hurting, you're going to be quick to come to their aid. Right? Somebody you've labored with, somebody you've sweated with, somebody you've suffered with, When they're hurting, you're going to be quick to come to their aid. So let's take advantage of the incredible opportunity that God has given each one of us to form deep bonds of fellowship through partnership. So that's the second reason I'm encouraging you. Firstly, is that Paul was thankful for partners. Secondly, is that you can form deep bonds of fellowship through partnership. Several times this year, I've been involved in difficult times for families in this church who have been full partners in the gospel for years. And when they're hurting, their comrades are quick to respond. Quick to visit, quick to cook, quick to pray. I mean, the outpouring of support can be so overwhelming that they may need to limit visitation times. Just ask Marvin. He's got a little sign on his door, Park Place, A14, says, Please limit your visits to 15 minutes because he needs his rest. But he's been a full partner in the gospel for decades. And when he's hurting, this church is there. So, if you want to get in on this, if you want to feel like you're a part of the core of this church, then I would advise partnership, linking arms, calluses, working together. And I see a strong response here today. In this church, God has called this church to a mission, to a purpose in this community. And I'm confident, as Paul says, that the good work that was began will be completed, and that's point three. God is still working in all of us. God is still working in all of us. God is not done, as my friend Mary Hillman says. It ain't over till God says it's over. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still leading. He's still active, but he's looking for partners, and through that you'll develop deep bonds of fellowship through that partnership. Verse 6, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Now Paul has a lot of experience with this. Going into difficult places, almost getting killed to share the gospel, and then Paul sees something miraculous happen. He sees these people be raised up to take responsibility for whole regions. And then he sees the church, even though there's lots of problems, there's false teachers, everything is against it, the enemy's doing everything again to squelch it. But Paul sees something miraculous happening in his absence. Paul wrote these letters, a lot of them in prison. He's helpless, he's powerless, but he sees God do something miraculous. Not only does the work hang on by its fingernails, but it expands. We saw the same thing in the country of China when the missionaries were kicked out in the early 1900s. And the prediction was, Christianity's toast. Christianity's done. Christianity is over. There's no way that China can keep it going on its own. And, and not only did it survive, it went underground. It was persecuted, but it thrived. And it was much stronger than anybody even imagined it could be. So Paul is confident. Here's the final reason it's important for you and I to enlist in the work of God as a full partner. God began a good work in you at some point. When you trusted Jesus as your savior, God began a good work in you. He began a good work in me. And when we partner with God, we open the door for him to complete that good work. Don't you hate things that go uncompleted? Look around your house. No confessions. Uncompleted projects, uncompleted tasks. Something about that leaves us feeling upset. But if we will partner with God and partner and link arms with each other, we open the door for Him to complete the good work He began in you and me. I have a friend who's a skilled accountant, big international firm. A few years ago, they offered him a position as a full partner. But you know what that would mean for him? Anybody can imagine? Long hours more time away from his precious family, and as a full partner, if they want to move you to any office, anywhere in the world where they are, the only answer is when? Yes, sir. So it would have been a significant cost to him. But he could have developed his talents, he could have built significant wealth, and he could have solidified his stellar reputation as an up-and-coming star, feeding this pride of man, he could have gone for it. He could have done it. But he would have paid a great cost for an ultimately unworthy cause. Think of all he would have given up the years with his family. would have given up for an unworthy cause. And so he declined. Still living close to home and doing very, very well. But God's offer is much better. I mean, he's offering for us to become partners And not only do we benefit as partners, but we have the opportunity to make an eternal difference in the lives of countless others as the result of our partnership with God and with each other. And the calluses that you and I share, they will knit our hearts together in Christ as well. So God has begun a good work in you. He's begun a good work, and he's begun a good work in this church. He wants to carry it on to completion, but he needs people who are willing to go beyond passive. They need to go beyond waiting to proactive, taking initiative to share the gospel. Bottom line today is that I need others. Can't do it alone. Sorry, not in the scriptures. I need others. I need you. You need me to help me be all I can be. I need others to help me be all I could be in Christ. Philippians one verse nine says this: I pray that your love, which is the fuel, right? You're not doing it out of love. Scripture says you're like a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. It's empty. It's, it's meaningless. But with love is the fuel, and He's praying that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. And this is the pathway to an overflowing love. This is a pathway to growing in knowledge and understanding. This is a pathway to understanding what really matters so we can live the pure and blameless lives we're called to. It's partnership that leads to fellowship that makes a difference, that opens doors. So God is actively recruiting partners in the spread of the as he did back then. He's offering long hours. Can I get an amen? amen? Little pay, a double amen, or no pay And hardship and challenges for you at every turn. That's his offer. But in return, in return, you'll have the joy of knowing that you are joining with your Christian comrades to make an eternal difference. And we're also opening the door for God to complete the good work he began in each of us. So I got three questions for you in closing. What is God's will? I mean, what are the things that matter to God? If you need a compass, you need to know where to start. Think about what is God's will. What matters? Damn, and I'll, I'll let you on know a secret. It makes it pretty clear. In the two greatest commandments: love God, love people. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And that's a pretty high calling. What is God's will? What are the needs? You know, what are the needs in your family? What are the needs in your neighborhood? What are the needs in your church? What are the needs in your workplace? What are the needs that are right there in front of you? And you don't need somebody to tell you to do something about it. You've got permission. I mean, this is a time where you you can actually get away with asking for forgiveness rather than permission. God's given you permission. He's given me permission. So what are the needs? And therefore, what can I do? See a need. I mean, at Six Flags this week, I saw this little sign stuck with me. It said, and, and Six Flags has all kind of folks there. <laughs> Wearing all kind of things, saying all kind of things, doing all kind of things. But there was a sign up there, and it said this. It said, see something, say something. Right? It's a security thing. get up to the little number. See something, say something. Well, God's called us to an even higher standard. And I don't like it so much not saying see something, say something. He's saying see something, do something. See something, do something. Don't wait. Don't wonder. Don't don't count the cost. See something, do something. So what is God's goal? What are the needs? And what can I do? And like I said, I'm encouraged. I, I believe that God is still moving and active in this church. He has good plans for each one of you. And he has a good work that he's begun. And he has a good work that he fully intends. And we'll just cooperate my son used to say when we'd be agitated in the car, he'd say, just cooperate, just relax. You know, God wants us to cooperate so he can open a door to complete the good work that he began in you, Amen. Pray with you. God, thank you for today and for my, my precious friends in this room. And the, the many years of service to you and to one another, God, we just pray that you would continue to work out and to complete the good work that you've begun in each one of us, God, and to carry on your work, to continue to spread the gospel, and to give First Christian Church the privilege and the honor of playing whatever role you have in mind for them, God. Whatever part, whatever piece, whatever responsibility you want them to carry, God, I know in their hearts they're willing, and if they allow you to work through them, God, then you will complete that good work. It's in Jesus' name.